Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast. Uh, another episode here as the NFL season is officially here. And I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And Dylan, we have made it to week one of the 2019 NFL season, which means it's time for us uh, to start what is going to become a weekly uh, sort of deal here on the podcast as we run through our upsets, our betting locks, our fantasy advice, the whole thing. Uh, we're going to run through everything here as we get prepared for week one. But before we do that, uh, we got a few headlines to discuss, don't we, Dylan? Uh, there, there has been a couple things that have popped up in literally an hour uh, before we started recording. As always, the man who decides that he wants to have the record for the Establish the Past podcast appearances in the headline section, that is Antonio Brown, who is uh, back once again. He felt left out last week. Maybe we didn't talk about him enough, um, but but he's back this week, and uh, he has decided to uh, challenge his general manager, Mike Mayock, and uh, you see all the reports that have come out. Uh, for anyone listening to this, obviously you know what's going on with the situation um apparently got into it with mike mayock and that has led to a situation to where antonio brown may not be on the field and uh when he comes back we have no idea and dylan i'm just gonna throw it to you because here's my thing i mean did anyone expect anything different in this situation i mean you take a guy who goes from a team that was a consistent winner and sure that the steelers didn't make the playoffs last year that that was well documented but a consistent winner to a team that has pretty much been in turmoil for a lot of years now and all of a sudden you think that Antonio Brown who we all knew his personality was just all of a sudden going to become this this perfect you know guy that's never going to cause any problems and everything's going to be fine this is happening before they even start the regular season what do you really think is going to happen as they go throughout the season and start losing games you said the question is when uh, when he's going to come back. <laughs> I think it's also where he's going to come yeah. back at this point because I don't know who's going to want to have him in their locker room. I mean, it's it's so frustrating because I think when the first podcast we did, I talked about how I really just want to see what the offense for the Raiders looks like with Antonio Brown in there and what they could possibly do. Now it doesn't look like that's going to happen, obviously, with, you know, as you said, most of our listeners would know what's going on with the Raiders possibly considering voiding his contract and all the guarantees, which would mean he's not going to be a Raider, never suit up for the Raiders in a regular season game. Um, yeah, I, it's, I, I guess I was just kind of trying to put aside everything else my, on a personal level of, in terms of what I thought of football-wise for the Raiders and for him. Uh, but you, you can't really do that. You know, it's a little bit different. It's, it's not everything that you see on the field Sundays. There's a lot more to each player. And uh, I usually don't try to be the kind of guy that thinks too much about, like, you know, being a rah-rah player, everyone needing to be a leader, everyone needing to get along. But there's something to be said about, you know, being on the field and not calling out your GM with um, – 
posts on social media and then threatening to, f- to fight him apparently <laughs> um, on, uh, in front of the whole practice. Uh. I just read too, uh, Victor uh, reported that Vontez Perfect was the one holding Antonio Bra- uh, Brown back from Mayock, which is just incredible uh, uh. comedy. So at this point, like you said, he, he might as well sponsor our headline <laughs> section. It feels like every time we got to at least get an update. What did you last tweet? Whatever it is, even later in the season. So I don't really know where it's going to go from here. Um, but probably not going to be in Oakland. Well, I, I would like to say this, and for anyone who drafted him in fantasy football leagues, <laughs> I, I I tried to warn everyone that asked, do not draft Antonio Brown. I don't care if he's sitting there late, late, late. This was never a situation that anyone, I at least I had never expected to fully work out. I just I didn't think it was going to happen because we've seen too many times uh, this, is, this has just been a complete – uh, sort of wild ride and again we haven't even we're just now starting the regular season and think about all the different things that have happened with him since he joined the Raiders and so uh, I don't know I'm with you I don't know what's going to happen here uh, all I know is we could be talking about Antonio Brown star wide receiver uh, for the St. Louis Battlehawks in the uh, the XFL before long maybe he joins the Tampa Bay Vipers I don't know um, but Vince McMahon I think would love to have someone like Antonio Brown <laughs> in the xfl so maybe that's where he winds up uh and uh yeah who knows so yeah we don't know what's going on with antonio brown Uh, we don't know who he's going to threaten to fight tomorrow uh maybe him i don't know if antonio brown knows what's going on with antonio (laughs) well here's the thing i wish if he was going to do this he could at least happen on hard knocks or him and gruden i would love you know him and gruden squaring off would just be uh come on i mean that's speaking of vince mcmahon that's something he'd like to promote i think so maybe maybe we get that at some Mm -hmm. point but yeah the, the the raiders are unfortunately uh, in a situation now where uh, they find themselves more worried about Antonio Brown uh, than getting ready for the start of the season which they don't exactly have an easy matchup against the Broncos but we'll get to that game here in a bit when we run through all the games in week one uh, real quickly though here Dylan let's run through a couple other things um Jadavion Clowney Laramie Tunsil those uh those that trade in particular Those two things are going to, you know, be something where having those two guys on the move, they're going to play big roles for their new teams. Obviously, Clowney with the Seahawks, Tunsil Mm -hmm. with the Texans. Um, I guess just your reaction to those trades. We mentioned a little bit, kind of talking about the Texans in our our big predictions episode, uh, but certainly adding someone like Tunsil helps Deshaun Watson's value and helps the mm-hmm. Texans, uh, you know, offensively, of course. And then for Clowney, uh, adding him to a Seahawks defense to where they're trying to chase the Rams uh, there in the NFC West. Yeah, first of all, yeah, Tunsil definitely feels a big need for them. Uh, maybe he's not quite on the top two or three left tackle tier in the NFL, but he's a really solid guy, still really young. So in that term, in, in those terms, it's a good, uh, you know, pickup for them. But I think the first thing I think of, I have to step back and be like, if they had a actual general manager negotiating this deal do they really give up two first round picks in a second or whatever it all was um i'm not sure if the same terms would have been uh negotiated by a, a guy that's you know an expert in this kind of stuff rather than someone whose focus should be on the field and bill o'brien so that's one thing with that trade I mean, with Clowney, i'm concerned about i've expressed concerns with houston secondary already and if you, you take away another one of their pass rushers one of their their key guys now teams can really dial up on jj watt and he's not maybe the guy he used to be in his prime so uh concerns with their defense are definitely there for me and uh hopefully deshaun watson for their sake can just be an absolute stud which he is and take over games and lead them to victories and potentially the playoffs but overall i I would just they need to get a GM they need to have someone in there who's taking care of this stuff and making sure they're not giving up too much not get uh, not getting too little when they give up someone like Clowney I, I I find it hard to believe some other team wouldn't have given up more than Seattle so that was my reaction to that hopefully for Houston it works out this year but long term uh, losing a couple first round picks and especially if it, if it doesn't work out those picks for Miami become that much better as they try to uh, get their rebuild accelerated as the owner of Deshaun Watson in the clutch points uh, fantasy football league uh, I am 
I am banking on this one. So let's uh, let's let's really do some work there, Mr. Tunsil, because uh, yeah, they, they need it. The Texans need it. We mentioned how wide open that division is, um, and uh, yeah, it's the Texans can win that division. They've just got to have uh, consistency there on the offensive line, and you you think maybe that's going to happen. And then we uh, we talked about Clowney's impact certainly uh, with the Seahawks. Got a couple other news items here, and they both involved uh, contracts, and that is of course the case for Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. Zeke is back in Dallas. Uh, Jared Goff's going to be with the uh, Rams for a while. Uh, two big ones there, Dylan, because uh, we know that those two players are, are such important parts of their respective teams. And not really surprised. We, we said this from the very first podcast we did, I think. I don't think anyone expected this Zeke thing to play out well into the, the regular season or anything. At least I didn't. I always do. Uh, when the pressure turned on, when Jerry Jones got to a point uh, to where <laughs> we're about to start playing you know, regular season games, Jerry Jones is not one to wait around and lose games, especially in a season like this when there's so much no. hype. Uh, that was going to get done. And then the Jared Goff thing, uh, based on how he's played, uh, certainly you know seems like the guy that, that fits exactly what they want to do with the Rams. So, so neither of those real surprises there. Yeah, with Elliott, uh, it's one we can talk about, you know, running back values. But at that point, we don't really, you know, it, it, I don't, that conversation's already happened. We don't need to dive into that. I think, yeah, like you said, it wasn't a surprise this was going to happen. It was kind of inevitable, especially with Jerry Jones and what all the pressure they have. So with Zeke, I mean, highest paid running back now, uh, passing Todd Gurley. So at least he's on the, you know, there's not as many concerns about him injury-wise. And, uh, yeah, for the Rams – I think, you know, there's some people saying maybe they overpaid for Goff or they should have, you know, started like, the, you know, another quarterback could have worked within this offense. There's kind of arguments made for that, but it doesn't really matter with what he's been able to do and some of the results he's had. A lot of people are going to think about the Super Bowl and some of the times he's struggled and just kind of ignore some of the bigger games he's had and different throws he's made that are not, you know, like the system quarterback label was kind of there in 2017, kind of died out last year when you saw some of the throws he made on the run in different situations when they played in New Orleans. Orleans uh, against the Chiefs and Vikings especially stand out to me so and the other part about this is Goff didn't you know he could have probably tried to negotiate for more years uh it's four years on top of his next two under his rookie deal that brings him to his age 29 season so he's kind of betting on himself to you know over the next six years put up some huge numbers and, and then he'll have one more you know mega contract probably at the end there um and who knows how long he'll play I mean that's obviously when Andrew Luck uh, retired so but uh, for Goff, I think it's I think it's kind of a win-win. I think over the next uh, four five years, that deal is going to end up sinking down towards the middle tier of the highest-paid QBs, and who knows how productive he'll be at that point with years and years under Sean McVay. Yep. So both those guys set with a lot of money, and uh, yeah, teams are banking on those two uh, to continue to be uh, their you know driving force moving forward, and uh, we'll see what happens now that they both have gotten paid and uh, get ready for the new season with high expectations uh, for those two teams with the Cowboys and the Rams. So, all right, Dylan, it's time. Let's jump into our week one picks here, and uh, these will be uh, straight-up picks from you and I. We're going to make our picks for all these games, have some fun with it, uh, preview a little bit, uh, give some fantasy stuff here and there, talk about some locks, some upsets, all that fun stuff. Um, so we're going to dive in. We will give you the spread on these, though, for all you betters out there. And uh, I will let you know if there's some that I am really loving, because there is one in particular uh, that I'm going to be gushing over here in a minute. Um, <laughs> so let, let's dive in. We're going to do this one quickly, because the podcast will actually uh, be out after this game uh, probably takes place. So if anyone wants to go back and listen to who we picked, uh, we're not going to spend too much time on this game, even though it is a huge one. And that is, of course, the Thursday night matchup between the Packers and the Bears. Uh, in Chicago, the Bears a three-point favorite in that one. Uh, Dylan, I think this is your typical, you know, NFC North uh, matchup between these two rivals. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a situation where this is a a two-score game or anything like that. Uh, I do wonder if if this is a, a spot where maybe the Packers take a couple weeks to get going with everything on that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bears are going to be hype, ready to go. Even though, um, you know, I left the Bears out of the playoffs, I think that the Bears are in a good spot here. That's who I'll take in this game. Uh, But the biggest thing here for me is probably uh, we don't overreact no matter what happens in this game uh, because both of these teams are two teams, Mm -hmm. as we say, uh, we expect to be in the playoff race uh, and have a chance to get there, but it should still be uh, one of the better games of the week. 
Even though I have the Packers winning the division, I also am going with the Bears here. I just think, yeah, the continuity, especially early in the season, you have a Bears defense that was able to replace a couple of the guys that left pretty easily. It's basically the exact same offense, so everything's almost on the same page outside of you know Fangio being gone. So that will be an adjustment. But I think early on, like you said, the Packers might take a few weeks to get everything completely installed. You know, I, obviously they're having all these joint practices where they're able to work on the stuff compared to, you know, the lack of preseason reps. I, I, Green Bay is still just probably confident in what they can do and, you know, maybe they'll light it up. But I, I see the Bears taking this one. I think it'll be a close one, like you mentioned. Both games last year were really close. Um, and I think it'll be kind of similar to last year where it was the Bears were kind of the upstart team establishing new things and over the course of the game ended up falling in week one this time it's kind of flipped around the bears are more established with what they're doing green bay is kind of transitioning and i think uh yeah the bears will just eke this one out yeah here a couple things i want to see from a fantasy perspective and we can talk about this a little bit because we've mentioned some of these guys and their roles i think you know from the for the bears their wide receiver unit uh, when you look at Allen robinson somebody like that who you feel like you know he's wide receiver on a really good team but it's still like there's something there that you're just you know it's a team that's going to run the ball um we know what kind of options they have with trubisky throwing to, to cohen out of the backfield montgomery's there now um you know i don't know that that bears wide receiver unit is not one you really bank on in fantasy and you never really know what you're going to get out of them but this could be one of those games where i don't know if this is a high scoring type of game uh maybe that's what you expect uh, with these two and then on the other side aaron jones please i just want to see aaron jones get involved here give him the ball tough this week (laughs) exactly but you know what i want to at least see if they are going to to make the effort to say okay aaron jones is the guy like he we know he's talented he can do all these different things it may not result in huge numbers against the defense like the bears but i just want to see them not do what they did in the mike mccarthy era and and not and treat aaron jones like a you know a third tier type of guy where you just don't give him enough enough touches I think he has to he's the key for me if the Packers are going to be a potential let's say you know Super Bowl type of contender we mm-hmm. know what Aaron Rodgers just do we know what the wide receiver unit can do but they need Aaron Jones to be that guy and they need to use him I think in that guy and in a lot of those different situations yeah I agree I think um on the flip side kind of similar like to what we're saying with that I, th- I think that Green Bay will like you said will try to do it I think Chicago is much more equipped to defend Uh, running backs catching the ball out of the backfield and doing different things I think on the flip side Green Bay is probably going to struggle with I I think this will be a big game for Tariq Cohen possibly I know David Montgomery's fantasy value kind of stuck up and is higher than his by the end of the uh, most fantasy drafts but uh, the Packers have a little bit of a limited linebacking room I think that will be one area the Bears can kind of exploit when they're trying to move the ball but it'll be curious to see on the flip side too Aaron Jones I think overall this year very high in him I just think tonight might be a tough one yeah it's not going to be easy for him but uh yeah he's someone to keep an eye on especially from a fantasy perspective because it may be a tough play for you this week but uh, Aaron Jones for me has a ton of value uh, if he's used the right way but Mm -hmm. uh, a game that may not be as close uh as the one we're talking about here with the Bears and the Packers uh and that is the Redskins at the Eagles uh currently the Eagles a 10 point favorite in this one I don't think that's a surprise Dylan uh you picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl uh spoiler alert there if you want to go back and listen to our (laughs) our mega predictions episode uh you'll be able to get to that point but uh you're very high on the Eagles uh I'm high on the Eagles in this game I think they're going to win this game again as a 10 point favorite here uh and and at home this is where we kind of see uh again you don't overreact too much to week one at least I don't usually but Mm -hmm. if you feel really good about the Eagles you want to see the Eagles come out here and really start to to get flowing and really put together a really good performance against a Redskins team that just does not seem to have uh anywhere near the type of depth uh on the field as the Eagles even as a 10-point favorite, uh, yeah, I, I picked the Eagles to be my lock of the week to cover that 10-point oh. spread. I just, I think, yeah, Washington's offensive line right now uh, with Trent Williams obviously out and some of the other things happening there, I think that's going to be, they looked abysmal in the in the uh, preseason, and that was not always against uh, the uh, starters from other teams. So 
I think Philly's front, I think Fletcher Cox is going to eat all day. I think they're just going to dominate. And as a result, I th- there's just probably going to be a lot of balls thrown too early with a healthy Philadelphia secondary that's just waiting to expose some of the limiting receiving options the Redskins have. A lot of you probably saw in your fantasy draft some of their number two, three receivers kind of dropping down towards the end of the draft because everyone's wondering, you know, someone has to catch the ball for this team. But um, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, in this game, I, I don't see – on the flip side Washington's defense really doing much to slow down uh, the Eagles offense you have a team that's completely healthy they have a left tackle you know where they have a really big luxury in having a backup in Andre Dillard to Jason Peters that if anything happens there they're covered twice Um, so uh, on top of that you add weapons like Miles Sanders who's going to be the starting back I think for an intriguing fantasy play for me this week will be Deshaun Jackson not just necessarily because he has a history of uh, playing well in these revenge games I just think with uh, some of the limited areas of the secondary where you're going to have Josh Norman on the opposite side probably taking on Jeffrey I think Deshaun Jackson could have a huge week maybe catch one of his patented long 60 plus yard touchdowns I, I just I see Philadelphia winning this one going away I, I think the 10 point spread could have been even a little higher and I still would have probably picked them as the lock of the week yeah, to go along with that, I think from a fantasy, there, there's a couple obvious ones here fantasy-wise. I think Carson Wentz is a, a great, uh, you know, not because he's going to have to throw a ton, but I think, you know, he could be one of those where he throws three touchdown passes in the first half and, yep. you know, you have one of those kind of performances and, and you get exactly what you need out of him on the flip side. I would not start anyone on the Redskins with any confidence whatsoever. You know, usually in a game like that, if it's a blowout, you may look at the the opposing quarterback and say, hey, uh, you know, maybe throw him in there knowing he's at least going to get the attempts up. But, you know, do we really trust Case Keenum in this scenario? Uh, That's just – that's one where if you're in that spot already and it's week one, uh, I'm not sure what you did on your draft to to be in a spot where you're having to to start Case Keenum week one against a potential Super Bowl (laughs) team. So uh, that seems unlikely. But as we know, some people play two quarterback leagues and all that, so you may may not have a choice. But uh, there could be better options out there in that uh, scenario there. So there you go, both picking the Eagles on that one. No surprise. One that's a little bit tougher, and and this is a game that that may tell us a lot about what the expectations are for these two teams teams that's the buffalo bills at the new york jets jets currently a three-point favorite in that one um this is a tough one dylan because i see both of these two teams as not necessarily you know i don't see either one of these teams being deep playoff teams or or really Mm -hmm. i mean as we've said before i think it's going to be hard for either of these teams to make the playoffs Uh, you mentioned the jets on our predictions episode could be in that spot because of their schedule but Still, I think the Bills are a team that's just really tough to play against. Um, and just with their defense and, you know, Josh Allen, I think is going to be better. I'm still going to pick the Jets here, but uh, this is one from a betting perspective I would definitely stay away from uh, mm-hmm. because I don't really know what we're going to get out of these two teams. But but I do think the Jets may come out with a little something to prove. We'll see a lot of Le'Veon Bell in this game. That may make him a, a really good fantasy option, even though, like we say, it is his first game back. Um, but he's probably going to get the touches, and I'm going to lean on the Jets here, but, but this is essentially a toss-up in my opinion. I, w- I flip back and forth even – the night before recording this i i put undecided because i kept for a game between two teams that aren't exactly on the radar as uh, you know big contenders i think they both have intriguing parts of their teams i it came down for me i have more uh, uh, more trust in the buffalo uh, defensive front and what they're able to do i'm not sure about greg williams i mean he had a browns team that had so much talent and i think they're going to show what they can do without him there um i'm not exactly a going to trust what's going to happen early in the season for them i think overall it still will be a low scoring affair i went with the bills i just i think darnold you know i think overall this year he's going to be better but i see him having a couple of costly turnovers he i struggled a lot with interceptions as a rookie and hopefully over the course of the year that will change but buffalo is has a really good defense i can see new york's secondary being exposed maybe you get a, a john brown deep shot from josh allen um so yeah I'll, i went with buffalo but absolutely not confident with that pick this one I, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me after the fact that either team won by 10 points really yeah i think john brown's uh talk about intriguing maybe fantasy options i think john brown's one of those guys because um you know he's i still think he's kind of underrated and maybe he hasn't 
you know, he's had situations. I mean, look, he's coming from a Ravens team. We know about their issues passing-wise last year. Um, I still think John Brown, very fast, as we know, and someone that could really – you know, be someone that, that kind of breaks out if as long as, as Josh Allen's getting better and he gives them another option, Zay Jones is still there. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe John Brown's a guy who gets that touchdown uh, in a game like this where, yeah, like we do expect it to be low scoring, but but maybe he's someone uh, you look at uh, could possibly get some offense going there for the Bills. So uh, we're going to switch on that one, have different picks. We're also going to have different picks on the next one, and that <laughs> is the Los Angeles Rams heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. I think the last time I checked here, the Rams were still a three-point favorite in this one. Um, Dylan, I'm going to let you go first on this one. This is a uh, this is certainly one of the most intriguing matchups of the week here, I, I believe, uh, because you've got two teams that you know certainly have high expectations for what they want to accomplish. You've got Cam Newton uh, back in the saddle there for the Panthers. Uh, you've got the Rams going coast-to-coast here. There's a lot of interesting storylines, and uh, as the three-point you know spread suggests, uh, this is going to be another one of those games that should be pretty close. It's a dangerous one either way because yeah, you got the home underdog in Carolina who you know early in the year last year obviously went six and two in the first eight games. It looked like a playoff contender until Cam's injury issues flared up. So uh, not an easy pick here. I, I went with the Rams and a nail biter. I think they're going to come out not with a Super Bowl hangover. I think they're going to do some different things with the offense. Not going to be running uh, eleven uh, personnel the entire game. I think we'll see a lot more two tight end sets. I. I think also they're going to be able to kind of expose uh, JV and Elliott, their slot um, uh, cornerback. I think Cooper Cup will be a big fantasy standout in this game. I I know we you've been high on him. We've both been high on him. But I think yeah. especially in this one, uh, we saw what Goff did when he's on the field, and especially with some of the outside guys Carolina has. I think Cooper will be able to make some plays over the middle. I don't think Carolina's going to be able to completely stop the run. Now, if Todd Gurley's injury is worse than what the Rams are saying, so far everything from their end is that he's good to go and uh, full speed. So I really can't find out on that end until we see the first few snaps. Carolina, I still expect them to put up points, but I think Los Angeles will just eke this one out, maybe with a field goal and uh, down the stretch. Well, this is my upset of the week, and and as we say, you know, this isn't really considered a huge upset probably given, you know, it's a three-point spread. These are two teams uh, that should be pretty good, and and while I still think the Panthers wind up behind the Saints and the Falcons in that division, I'm going to take the Panthers here just because it is week one. I could see a situation where the Rams lose this, and all of a sudden uh, you've got everyone out there saying, oh, well, the, the Patriots broke the Rams <laughs> in the Super Bowl, and uh, you know the Rams aren't going to be any good. Jared Goff's overrated. Todd Gurley's not himself. All of those different things that we've we've at least encountered before i could see everything sort of coming together and everyone just start saying uh, that the rams you know were, were a one-hit wonder or whatever uh, but this is a tough matchup it is because you get cam newton back and that's the problem here in picking the panthers is you don't know exactly what we're going to get from cam newton and that's why you know two guys in particular dj moore curtis samuel those were two wide receivers uh, i think from a fantasy perspective we've seen them go all over the place um you know you you probably have to pick them but there's still two guys that maybe you're a little hesitant on because you don't ever really know what you're going to get from them but in a game like this where i think we'll see some points on the board uh those two guys could could have some value there uh Mm -hmm. if the panthers were to get down like you say you know considering where where the rams offense is if they can put up some points the panthers get behind have to throw it uh those two guys could have some value there but i I will i'll take the panthers here just that opening week we see it so many times uh you see home teams you know come out play really well uh maybe the panthers have an opportunity to do that here but this will undoubtedly be one of the better games of the week Uh, another game here and that just transitions you know that was my (laughs) upset of the week with the rams at the panthers I think this is going to be my game of the week. And sure, there's there's another one we'll talk about later you could have easily picked. There's a couple of these you could have easily picked. But oh, yeah. I, I am just so intrigued by this matchup with the Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings because I am so high on both of those two teams. And, and without spoiling any more, you can go back and listen to our predictions episode uh, to find out kind of where both of us have those two teams. But I'm so high on both of these teams that th- this could very well be, you know, a, a – playoff type of matchup here and it wouldn't be surprising to me if we see these two play again you know in january sometime um 
it's a really fun matchup because you've got some offensive weapons on both sides here, uh, mm-hmm. but you've got a Vikings defense that is really good, Dylan. You've got a Falcons defense that is really healthy. I think that's going to make for a very, very exciting game. Um, maybe one of those where, you know, I could really – I could see it going either way. The Vikings are a four-point favorite in this one, uh, but this mm-hmm. is a game to me that it probably comes down, like we say, to, to that final possession. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't uh, feel confident about this one either. I think with the four-point spread, maybe they won't cover, but I did go with the Vikings. I think part of that, Matt Ryan has struggled immensely against Mike Zimmer defenses his last two starts – against the Vikings with Zimmer there. He only has one touchdown and a pair of picks and one of, I think, a 63% completion percentage, which is one of his lowest against any of his opponents. So maybe he'll, uh, you know, kind of go back towards the mean and have a good game. But I think, yeah, Minnesota's, the continuity again, I think early in the season is a really big thing while other teams are really sorry, getting ready for the year and kind of adopting new systems. The continuity on that Minnesota defense with Anthony Barback, with, you know, that was a big get for them with the Jets deal falling apart. So I think Minnesota's defense will be ready to go. I think, I'm as I've said on previous podcasts, I'm really intrigued to see a full season of uh, Kevin Stefanski's offense with Dalvin Cook hopefully becoming, mm-hmm. blossoming into that fantasy star everyone thought he was going to be before he tore his ACL as a rookie. So I think, yeah, Falcons will probably still put up a fight. I think they'll put up more points. I think Matt Ryan will throw more than one touchdown um, in this game. But I still think Minnesota, even with all the health that the Falcons defense has, I don't think they have quite the uh, speed on the outside maybe to keep up. I know, you know, Deion Jones is a huge factor that which may limit Dalvin Cook's um, fantasy value just for this one week. But overall, um, really, it's really good game. One that, you know, if you hadn't picked it as your game of the week, I might have considered it. It was absolutely up there for me as well. I'm really excited to watch, you know, the whole uh, game, even, even though it's going to be happening with all the uh, other games on red zone. I'll probably have to get back to this one later Sunday night. But yeah, I have the Vikings pulling it out, maybe not by four points, though. Yeah, it's a game pass game for sure. It's an NFL mm-hmm. game pass when you go back and watch this one because it should be uh, pretty good there. And it seems like Stefan Diggs w- was back at practice uh, here on Thursday as we're talking. Uh, I know he didn't practice on Wednesday, I believe, mm-hmm. but it seems like he's okay now. And, and that could be a situation you may talk about from a fantasy perspective. Um, him and Adam Thielen could could kind of have a big game here because uh, even though the, the Falcons are, are healthy on defense and they're still a team I'm very high on, uh, we could see a situation here where, where both of those guys have good games. And you could say the same thing exactly for, for Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley um, mm-hmm. because the, the Falcons, like you said, even if even if Matt Ryan does struggle a little bit, uh, they're probably going to be in a situation where we have to throw the ball. I'm very excited to see how Devontae Freeman bounces back as well. Uh, tough matchup here, but uh, seeing how he comes back because he's going to be uh, a key part there for them this season as well to say all that i'm going to pick the vikings as well uh, because <laughs> it, it's you know home team it's uh week one good game like this uh, usually uh earth towards the, the home team i'm going to do that here uh because again to uh promo here go back to our predictions episode i'm pretty high on the vikings so uh, hopefully mm-hmm. they they get off to a good start here and uh, at least make people think that, that i know what i'm talking about on some of that so um the, the next one i do not think uh well i say that I, I honestly went back and forth on this because i have been on the train of, of the miami dolphins being the worst team in the nfl this season um, they have some competition you, and they do have some competition and we're going to get to one of those teams in a few minutes but um it's still week one and you know weird things happen in week one sometimes but I think the Baltimore Ravens heading to Miami is a seven-point favorite. I'm still going to pick the Ravens here, um, but this is just a weird game because it is that week one where you have a team going on the road that you feel like you know they're a touchdown favorite here. Um, I'm probably still picking the Vikings. I mean, excuse me, the Ravens straight up here. But uh, as bad as Miami is expected to be, I could see this being one of those weird games where uh, this is a lot closer than we think. Um, but eh, you have to go with the Ravens here because it's just that they they should be pretty good. They should have a chance to at least be in the wild card picture, in my opinion. Uh, the Dolphins should be nowhere near that. Yeah, if we learned anything from last year, it's that Ryan Fitzpatrick's about to throw for five touchdowns on Sunday. So <laughs> I, I I also picked the Ravens straight up. I, I think they'll still cover, 
but that's more about you know Miami's defense I think you know for me two really intriguing fantasy plays even maybe a fantasy must play is Lamar Jackson uh, this is a team in Miami that gave up the seventh most yards per rush last season I, I think they got worse as a run defense um, and then you have Mark Ingram I think he was an intriguing play I think a lot of people will have them him in their lineups this week I think even here in our league someone that drafted Aaron Rodgers is going to start Lamar Jackson instead because of this matchup yeah. so uh, it's you know, I think yeah like you said it's early in the year and maybe Fitzpatrick can make some things happen they have some interesting weapons on offense I just I think their offensive line is so so bad that at the end of the day I'm not sure even Fitzpatrick can handle all the pressure I think he'll probably throw a few picks so I think Baltimore will end up coasting in this one but you know stranger things have happened in week one <laughs> I thought last year probably the Saints would have uh, beaten uh, Tampa Bay in that week one matchup and then Tampa Bay ran away with it with Fitzpatrick going off so anything can happen in week one just don't overreact too much to whatever it does yeah and that's where you look at that Dolphins wide receiver crew you know they do have some value in fantasy I think this mm-hmm. year because they're they're going to be trailing a lot yep. <laughs> you would at least see them on paper so uh hey that's I'll tell you that's why I drafted Albert Wilson because I looked at it and said man they're gonna have to throw the ball uh probably quite a bit and that certainly hurts guys like Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balage. I mean those you know, it's hard to, to feel confident about a, a, a offense running back here because you don't feel like they're going to be uh, in sort of game script situations where they're going to be ahead to where they're trying to, you know, run out the clock or anything like that. Um, so, so yeah, very interesting. I'm also interested, Dylan, in that, that Ravens running back core because you do have Mark Ingram there now, but we saw how good Gus Edwards was at times last year. Uh, Justice Hill is there. I mean, that's a that's a pretty deep running back group there, but as we know, that's kind of synonymous with the Ravens. Um, that's how they like to play, good defense, able to run the ball. Now they've got some, some options, uh, certainly a wide receiver when you think about Marquise Brown's in there now. So there's, there's a lot of different sort of intriguing aspects to this Ravens team, and that's why I think they can be pretty good. So all that to say, of course, I'm picking the Ravens too, but um, this just mm-hmm. I don't know I just got a feeling this could be one of those wacky week one games uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the other side you just don't know what to expect uh, but the Ravens are certainly uh, the best pick in that one um, this next game is going to be just as fascinating for me maybe as that Falcons Vikings some of these other games we mentioned uh, because we all sort of think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be better they're not going to be as bad as they were last year that's what we all think And I think we find out right away, you know, kind of where they are because they are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, who are three-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. I'll tell you, Dylan, I almost picked the Jags here. It goes back to what I've Mm -hmm. mentioned with some of these other ones. You have a home team with something to prove. um, But I still think they're, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they're a team that, by most people's accounts, have a really good chance to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes drop off, even if this is a tough matchup against the Jags defense. That should be better. Um, but, yeah, I, I've still got to go with the Chiefs here, and I would expect it to be a game that it's close, as Vegas thinks here. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I will say this too. I would not be surprised if the Jags win this game because – yeah. I don't know. They're in a situation where if they play good enough defense, they've got a running game. This is, uh, man, this week one slate is really, really good in some of these spots. They do have the formula if, you know, they're able to get back to kind of that smash mouth mentality we saw a couple years ago. We've talked about Kansas City's uh, struggles stopping the run, finishing last in run defense the last couple seasons. Um, So, you know, I think the key for Jacksonville will be keeping this game close. Um, Obviously, with so many teams, we saw even when they played last year, Kansas City often just blows it out pretty early, and then it's really tough for teams to pass against them with their pass rush and their now improved secondary. So, yeah, I wanted to pick... You know, I, I wanted to go with the surprising upset here. I wanted to go with Jacksonville, but I, I want it, and I want to be bullish on their defense being as good as it uh, was a couple years ago. But I'm really not going to believe it until I see it. I think it might take a few more weeks. I think the Chiefs are just too much. I think Patrick Mahomes will be coming out firing away. They're going to have a lot of different uh, little things dialed up for this first game. Uh, that Andy Reid offenses regularly early in the year just have something up their sleeve. I think they'll, you know, they might not even have to use it, but if they do, they have so much speed. I don't know if Jacksonville can really keep up with all of it i'm uh, for an intriguing fantasy play though on the other end i think 
think if they do fall behind, D.D. Westbrook for Jacksonville could have a mm -hmm. big game. Should be a good option out of the slot against Kendall Fuller. So, and with Nick Foles, I mean, slot receivers, especially when you saw Alshon Jeffrey line up in the slot sometimes, even some of the tight ends in Philadelphia, those guys really excelled there. So uh, there's, you know, maybe more points than you might anticipate from a game in Jacksonville, um, just because this is the Kansas City Chiefs. This is Andy Reid. This is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but we'll see yeah we'll see uh jacksonville we'll see if they can stay in it but i yeah i couldn't go away with kansas city i mean this is a team that you know we were obviously both very high on considering what where we put them in our uh, prediction episode <laughs> yeah i'm picking the chiefs too here but like you said i think that nick Foles, needy westbrook uh connection if you're someone who plays uh dfs that could be a really fun combination to mm -hmm. use this week um in in your tournaments and that type of thing because you may not have a lot of people using that particular stack uh, but those two could put up some points together uh just depending like we said i feel like the chiefs defense is going to be better but this could be a game where the Jags come out with something to prove. I also think Leonard Fournette, you have to play him this week against the Chiefs, uh, mm -hmm. knowing, even though, like we said, if they get behind, uh, maybe not as involved as much, but I just think they're going to run Leonard Fournette into the ground again this year, <laughs> even though they do have Nick Foles. Uh, they're able to lean on Fournette. I need him to stay healthy for the Clutch Points Fantasy League. Um, <laughs> but he, he, he can be, as we know, he can be a very, very good player and uh I, I you know you just know the jags are going to use him and so he's someone if even if you have hesitations about using this week against the chiefs team that that may you know score two touchdowns in the first two possessions i still think you have to play leonard fournette because he's just someone who can be that good uh but that is another game that is certainly one of one that you're going to want to watch uh if you're watching red zone get the game nfl game pass uh it's, it's worth the money overload man it's going to be an overload yeah. of highlights. It's going to be nuts on Sunday. I can't There's wait. There's so many. Yeah, so you got to make sure if you get the game pass, make sure you carve out the time because you're not just going to go back and watch probably two games. You're going to have to maybe watch five or six here uh, because some of these could be really good. But, hey, that's what's good about it. You can watch games in 45 minutes, and I get no money from this. I'm not getting a commission on uh, plugging the, the game pass here. You need it because nope. it gives you an opportunity to go back and watch these games and see what's going on. Um, and, you know, Dylan, this next one. I don't think we're going to be talking about that one as maybe a must-see game. You have to go back, but we're still talking about two teams that, Dylan, you have winning their respective divisions. So <laughs> yes. that's the Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns five-and-a-half-point favorites here. Um, everybody knows where I stand on the Titans if you listen to this podcast. I just I want to see it before I believe it with them. Uh, even though they have gone nine and seven three straight years, I want to see them be consistent. I want to see the passing game worked out uh, with Marcus Mariota. But until that happens, I obviously have to pick the Browns here. They are in a great spot for me with all that hype. I don't think this is a spot where the Browns just come out and are just flat buying into their own hype. I think they come out with something to prove here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from a betting perspective, five and a half. I I think the I think the Browns win this game by a touchdown or more. Uh, I just I'm that confident in them to, to win a game like this because of all that has gone into this, of all the hype surrounding them. Uh, usually if we say that about the Browns, you feel like they're going to come out and fall flat on their face. I just don't see that here. I think they're in a really great spot. I think the Browns win this game, and uh, I guess for Titans fans, they're going to continue to wonder why I hate them. I don't. I just – I want to see it from them. I just I don't see the consistency yet. And uh, with some offensive line issues, the Browns defense here for me feels like they're in a good spot to, to maybe really slow the Titans down. For the long haul, I'm excited about Tennessee's offensive line. But, yeah, with Luan suspension and some injuries, I think this week uh, an uh, offensive line that might be in the top 10, top 5 in the NFL by the end of the year is going to really struggle against that uh, Cleveland front. Also, the atmosphere this uh, weekend in Cleveland is going to be that of, you know, similar to a playoff game probably. It's going to be absolutely electric. And uh, usually in these uh, big games, I mean, I, we saw kind of last year saw at certain points, but it, even in college, Baker Mayfield always shows up when the pressure's on and the atmosphere's at its highest. So I think, yeah, at the end of the day, the Browns' defense, I, I see them has, being able to eat up front, getting some pressure, hopefully for Mario to say he's not able to get hit too many times. Um, but, and you know, that could lead to him throwing early, getting some picks from Cleveland. And overall, I think their offense is going to flex its muscle real early. We're going to see what they're really capable of doing. I know OBJ got an update uh, just a bit ago that he's being slowed down by a hip injury a bit, but still should be a full go for the game. And I think they have so many other pieces on their offense. Uh, yeah, I had to go with Cleveland here. 
Yeah, you're not sitting anyone fantasy-wise on the Browns in this game. You're, you're playing everybody. You're playing uh, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, uh, David Njoku. I think you're playing all those guys because um, they're all going to have value, even in an offense where you're going to see you know the ball spread out a lot. It's just an offense that's going to score points. Uh, even against the Tennessee, like we said, even against a defense that should be pretty good, um, mm-hmm. it's still – that atmosphere is really important, like you mentioned. I, that's going to be, to me, uh, that's going to help the Browns get off to a good start here. And uh, this is where we start with the Titans in terms of just watching how this quarterback situation plays out with Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Um, that is going to determine probably what the ceiling is for the Titans this season, what they can accomplish. Um, and it's worth noting, Dylan, uh, here from the NFL, they always send out these these really in-depth previews uh, for each game each week. And, and mm-hmm. it's worth noting the last game between these two uh, was in 2017. The Titans won that game 12-9 to in overtime. I don't <laughs> think this is going to be a 12-9 to game in overtime this time. Um, probably going to see a few more points scored in this one. If not, uh, I'd be surprised. So don't worry about that. Uh, you've also got Jim, Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call on that one. So, hey, that's, yes. <laughs> uh, that, that's a good one worth, uh, worth watching there. So, um, all right, now we go into the afternoon games, which uh, there's uh, a couple intriguing ones here. Maybe not to the level, though, of the ones we've already talked about. That early slate is pretty loaded. Uh, but this one could be the most interesting of the group, and that's the Indianapolis Colts at the Los Angeles Chargers. Six-and-a-half-point favorites are the Chargers. Um, Dylan, it's, it's interesting because you and I are going in opposite directions on this one. I did not expect that. Um, but it, it's really weird, though, because, you know, your pick is actually going to go along with the pick that I have for yes. this particular division. Uh, I just don't know that I'm completely sold on, on the team yet, but I'll just go ahead and give you the floor here because I know you're going to make uh, an interesting pick here. Yeah, growing up in Los Angeles, even though they're at the Chargers or in San Diego, their games are always on here. Seen so many slow starts from them, and I think – you know, even last year we saw it again, and now you you throw in Derwin James not being out there. Uh, I, I think the offense will still produce, and you know, without Melvin Gordon, I'm not too worried about what the Chargers will be able to do there. But yeah, I went with the Colts. This is my upset of the week, even though they're six and a half point dogs. I have them taking this one. I think Frank Reich's going to expose some of the interior parts of LA's defense, kind of in a similar fashion to what we saw in that divisional loss to the Patriots for Los Angeles. So. I, I yeah I think Frank Reich's going to really show you know everyone's thinking you know the Colts are out of this maybe uh, now I'm kind of buying into the counter that you have also mm-hmm. bought into of the Colts actually being you know a really complete team overall and you know maybe Brissett doesn't have the best game but I, I think the Colts defense itself will also show its muscle I think they're for real I think as a, over the course of the season we saw the, the one game where they shut out the Cowboys and they just looked absolutely incredible I think they're gonna they match up kind of well with their linebackers or some of the things the Chargers will probably do with uh, passes out of the backfield you know maybe on the secondary they can get they might get burned a couple times but I think the Colts pull it out um, I, I'm gonna have them not just not just covering I'm gonna have them winning this game over the chargers uh might bite come back to bite me but i think um early just early in the year with these the chargers i i feel like they always lose one of these games or you feel like they're, they're gonna win it's kind of lined up for them and somehow it doesn't happen and uh they don't exactly have the best home field advantage either well you heard dylan go spend your life savings take it all out spend it on the colts <laughs> here he's that confident in uh this particular thing um no I, i'm gonna pick the chargers I, I think the chargers could win and what you mentioned earlier um, I think Jacoby Brissett could struggle a little bit here. Maybe they're just trying to, to get things flowing, maybe building the chemistry. I think they could have some struggles here, even though uh, that there maybe are some issues on defense for the Chargers, more so than we thought there would be. Um, but I still think they find a way to win this game uh, here just because, uh, yeah, I could see the, the Colts starting slow, even though I am probably higher on them than most uh, after the Andrew Luck retirement. And, and for fantasy-wise, you know, I think it's – Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, it seems like at one point we thought it was going to be Eckler pretty much taking the bulk of the work. It seems like now maybe it's more of a split uh, where both of those guys are are getting maybe equal touches. Uh, I feel like maybe you have to play one. Maybe you have to play Eckler, especially PPR. You know he's going to be involved in the passing game, but 
uh, you know, that's still that's a little bit of concern to me, knowing that maybe it's more split than we think. But um, with Melvin Gordon still out, I, it's hard to really know what to expect. But because this could be a game where points are scored, maybe you do play them. But those two are, are maybe ones that you have some trouble picking with uh, because you don't really know what we're going to get uh, from those two guys. Both very talented, but I don't know exactly what the, the splits are going to look like or how exactly they'll be used. Uh, but that another good game there, another uh, really good one uh, worth watching. This next one I do not think is going to be a really good game. I'm sorry. I know the Cincinnati Bengals uh, do not enjoy my picks as I have just seemingly been down on them in every episode. But, <laughs> Bengals hater you know over what? here. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, again, well, all we have to just go on at real. this point is what, what we see on paper. And what we see on paper, I just don't think the Bengals are going to be very good. Um, and they're in a really tough division. I mean, you've got three potential playoff teams in that division with the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens. The Bengals just are not on that level to me. And they're hitting the road to play the Seattle Seahawks, who are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know. I assume the line's gone up to double digits. This is my lock of the week. I think the Seahawks win this game by at least ten points. I just don't see a scenario where the, the Bengals are able to win this game. Um, I don't trust them enough. We mentioned atmosphere in Cleveland. I think you're going to have a similar atmosphere here in Seattle. Uh, we know how good that, that crowd can be. And week one, everybody's amped up, ready to go. Uh, Chris Carson, the, the most obvious fantasy play in the history of the world here to me. Um, you could even throw Rashad Penny in there in some of these you know, DFS games. I would not have a problem with that. I think they're both going to get high usage in a game like this. Uh, I've got a double-digit win here for the Seahawks, Dylan. I just don't. And, again, that's that's not really – well, yeah, it is. It's a knock on the Bengals. I just don't think the Bengals are pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I have a I have Seattle winning big also. I think uh, their offensive line in Cincinnati really hasn't been the same since Andrew Whitworth left. Now you have Seattle adding Clowney to the mix. I think you know we'll see a good showing from th- that whole line, but also him especially in this first game. And I think we saw last year the Cincinnati's defense really cannot stop the run. And we saw that when they played the Saints, they just ran right through them. It was like every carry six, seven, eight yards from Mark Ingram. I think we'll, you know we have a team in Seattle that runs the ball you know last season more than anyone else in the NFL. So like you said, Chris Carr and Rashad Penny both going to see a lot of time on the field especially if they're winning by a lot they're both going to be carrying the ball a lot later in the game as well I think they won't have a problem running I don't think uh, they'll have too much of a problem stopping Cincinnati's offense which right now hamstring obviously with uh, AJ Green out so yeah easy pick for me here with Seattle yeah, I, I'm high on them. I'm very also excited to see what Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf do in, in the receiving part of that, the Seahawks this year. They may not get a ton of work in this particular game, but uh, very excited to see that. I'm still very, I'm still a big fan of Tyler Boyd. I mean, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. he, he, and he's going to get the looks this year. You feel like if the Bengals are trailing, um, he's going to get opportunities, especially now with A.J. Green still out. So, big fan of Tyler Boyd. I just don't think the Bengals uh, have that depth. That they just, I don't, I just don't see him being able to match up uh, with the Seahawks here uh, this week. So, uh, the Seahawks are the pick there for both of us. Um, here's the the game that you know, at least to, for Vegas, is possibly the the biggest unknown of the week because uh, the 49ers at the Buccaneers. Uh, that is a pick 'em, at least in most of the places I've seen it right now. And uh, I think it's understandable, Dylan, because you've got uh, a couple teams here that we all feel like are going to be better. How much better? That's what we don't know. Yeah, I think both of these teams, uh, a lot of intrigue around what Tampa Bay is doing with Bruce Arians and what their offense could look like. Not as much intrigue about their, their defense or the 49ers secondary. I think the 49ers definitely improved their pass rush. Still very concerned with what they're able to do stopping the pass overall. Um, in this game, I think, you know, this is going to be a really a fantasy player's delight. I think you're going to have both sides, even, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I put him as an intriguing fantasy player. I think, you know, he struggled in the preseason, not exactly what uh, 49er fans are hoping for with all the hype from the last couple seasons, but I think he'll still have a big game today. The Bucks secondary was uh, gave up the third most fantasy points to QBs last year, so I, I know in one of my, in our uh, Clutch Points Fantasy League, I think right now he's not even owned, so I think that would be an intriguing play to pick him up and have him go against this defense. Really 
really anyone facing the Buccaneers defense uh, quarterback-wise for the whole season. Another fantasy must-play, Tevin Coleman. They're, they can't really defend. They've struggled a ton. If you ever watch uh, the Saints games against Alvin Kamara, I mean, everyone struggles with him, but especially Tampa Bay. I think Tevin Coleman and the offense that Kyle Shanahan likes to run, same kind of thing where when Tevin was in Atlanta with Shanahan, I think you'll have a big week um, for them. So even though I'm going with my intriguing fantasy plays on the uh, <laughs> on the San Francisco side, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers here in a shootout. Uh, I think they're also going to put up huge numbers, and I think you'll talk about their offense a bit here. Um, I, I think it'll be a really fun game, just in terms if you like points. If you don't, if you like defense, probably you know stray away and watch one of the other games. But should be a fun one. Uh, Could have gone either way, but went with Tampa Bay here. Yeah, the the over under I think I've seen on this one is is like around fifty maybe. Um, oh, go over. <laughs> I would go over. I mean, that's what I was gonna say because you compare that. Uh, I'm looking at the, the list here. The Rams and the Panthers are at 50. I don't know that it gets to 50 on that one. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're yeah, – that's tough. But I, I would still one. expect more points to be scored in a game like this between the 49ers and Bucks. two teams who aren't really going to be known for their defenses. Um, whereas I could see – I guess the, the highest one of the week is 53, 53.5 for the Texans and the Saints. We'll get there, but I think – I think this could very well be the, the highest scoring game of the week here. So um, I'm going to take the Bucks too. I, James Winston, I love. I'm banking on him to have a big season. That's probably not a good idea. Uh, he's been so inconsistent, but he's got a lot of weapons. Man, he's got some weapons to work with. He's got Mike Evans there, Chris Godwin, um, O.J. Howard. He's just got a lot of guys he can throw to. If Bruce Arians can get things going there, I think Jameis could have a huge year. Uh, I've made him a target in, a, in all the leagues I play, and I've tried to get him. Hasn't happened in every one of them, but I just feel like Jameis is going to have a huge season. Uh, this could be, like you said, though, a very fun game. Uh, maybe one that's kind of flying under the radar, but in terms of just pure fun, uh, this could be it. So uh, this next one will be fun if you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, that's because the, the Giants are playing at the Cowboys. Cowboys are seven-point favorites. Uh, no, no secret here. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Um, Zeke's back. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, and Dylan, ultimately, I think this is where the Cowboys begin their march. Neither one of us picked them to make the playoffs. Sorry, there's another spoiler for the uh, the big predictions episode, but hopefully you've already listened to that. Um, neither one of us picked them to play the play, make the playoffs, but the more I look at their schedule, as I mentioned, they, they play one of the easiest schedules, at least on paper, that I see. I mean, my goodness, Cowboys may go 16-0 and here. This may be the march, and they just <laughs> we're going to have to – we're going to have to cancel the podcast whenever they go 16-0 and because they're just going to make us look silly. Uh, Cowboys roll here. I've already acknowledged that the Dallas is going to make the playoffs, <laughs> and I'm just wrong on that pick. So I've already accepted that. Just moving forward now. But, yeah, I think yeah Dallas here, up uh, seven-point uh, favorite here. I think if it wasn't for my confidence in the Eagles and what they're going to be able to do against the Redskins, I might have picked this as my lock of the week. The Giants – maybe better on on both sides we'll see i i mean you, without odell it's kind of hard to see their passing game being any better especially with eli manning still in the field so i think saquon's going to see a ton of carries but you're also going to see dallas's defense completely geared up to stop him whether it be uh new york trying to throw him the ball or run the ball i don't think uh they're gonna have too much trouble with on that side and the, on the flip side the giants defense does not scare me you're gonna have zeke being Zeke, we, I mean, we saw late in the season these two teams played with the Cowboys and have anything on the line, and they're still rolling over the Giants' defense. I don't think they got that much better to the point where they're going to uh, really be able to slow down Dallas. And, yeah, going with the Cowboys, going away here. Yeah, I think I think Sterling Shepard's an intriguing fantasy play just because the Giants are going to have to throw the ball. Um, and yep. he's really the only wide receiver they have that they're going to be able to lean on. Yeah, they've got Evan Ingram, um, who's going to see a lot of targets. But I think you play Sterling Shepard if you're in that scenario just because, I mean, he's going to get the volume. So especially uh-huh. in a PPR, I think he's going to get a lot of looks. Um, so maybe Sterling Shepard's someone you play because you feel like the Giants are going to have to throw the ball. Um, next one, maybe another kind of intriguing game. But this, honestly, going through all these games, this may be the one that, that while intriguing for, for the Cardinals – I don't know. This is one of those games that maybe just isn't getting a ton of attention. The Detroit Lions are two-and-a-half-point favorites playing at the Cardinals. Um, this is one, you know, Dylan, I, I don't really know what to expect, to be honest, because these are two teams we just – you know, I don't love either one of them because I don't know exactly what their potential is in terms of long-term potential this season um, because they, they both maybe play in divisions where – Honestly, you feel like the three teams in front of them are better. 
Um, but I don't know. I'm going to take the Lions here. This is admittedly maybe one of the lowest confident picks of the week. I don't really know <laughs> what we're going to get because, um, you know, how good will the Cardinals look offensively with Kyler Murray and, and slinging the ball up and down? I have no idea. Are they going to be able to do it against the Lions defense? Um, while, you know, not great, I still think the Lions are going to be able to shut him down in terms of being able to run the ball, uh, use his legs to, to maybe get some stuff going. I don't know. I'm going with the Lions here, but again, that's not confident at all. For my concerning fantasy play, I kind of going off that, I went with the, any Cardinals receiver. I think Detroit's yeah. defense was uh, kind of down a bit, but I think they'll be okay here. Arizona's offensive line, as we saw in the preseason and should carry over, has been pretty uh, troublesome for them. I see Kyler having to run a lot, like you said, and often you know maybe he'll be throwing it away, whether who he's throwing to or if he's running himself. I think it's going to be a struggle for Cardinals receivers in this game, especially you know getting the whole offense going off the beat off the bat. It does become intriguing if Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury uh, looks like you know the second coming of Sean McVay. It's uh, not something we should necessarily expect, but I think we're not going to see kind of the, the same plays we saw in the preseason. I think they're going to have some wrinkles uh, up their sleeve, and hopefully that helps this game become a little more intriguing. And we'll see what uh, Kingsbury wants to do if this is going to be the uh, you know a benchmark for a start of a new you know, another wave of of even more spread taking it all over all the air raid to the NFL so I think in that way it could be intriguing um I I still pick the Cardinals here just because I really do not believe in the Lions um I think it won't I think it will probably be a, a game where by the end of it maybe both teams are trying to give it away <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. I I think Arizona will just find a way to make a couple plays here and there to get it done and Detroit I hope they um you know are able to kind of take a step forward I I think they have some things they can learn from last year they can improve upon with their strategy on offense going back to letting Stafford do a bit more and throwing on early downs but yeah I'll go with Arizona here in a close one yeah, you're watching this game basically to probably see what happens with the Cardinals, how good that offense looks. You know, Christian Kirk, I think, is someone who could have a breakout season. Maybe the highest potential of those receivers there for the Cardinals, but you just don't know until you see how everything plays out with this offense. Uh, speaking of offense, I think you'll see a lot of that in the Sunday night game with the Steelers on the road at the Patriots. Patriots five-and-a-half-point favorites here, Dylan. Um, I mean, look, this, is, this should be one of the better games of the week. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you could probably go either way. I'm going to go with the Patriots, but this is probably, you know, I don't know. This is where we find out if the Steelers maybe are, are going to get back on track. And, and again, not to overreact to one week because even if they lose here, it's too early to start overreacting. But at least we look and see – how things are going to look from an offensive standpoint without Antonio Brown there. You know, what does Juju do? What does Dante Moncrief do? What does James Washington do as their wide mm-hmm. receivers? Um, this should tell us a lot because it's not exactly like – you know they're they're in a situation where they're probably going to be trailing they're going to have opportunities to throw the ball I would love to see who's going to emerge from that group because I do think Vance McDonald's a fantasy must play at tight end uh he's someone that could have a big season uh again as as sort of that that guy Ben Ben's looking to as a reliable consistent guy knowing that you know you still don't know what we're going to get from James Washington Dante Moncrief you know Juju's going to be Juju uh, but there, there's a lot of intriguing parts of the Steelers offense, and maybe this is where we look at this game and really start to find out exactly what it's going to look like this season. We've Yeah, we've had a lot of great Steelers-Patriots games over the years. I think it'll be no different. I, I picked it as my game of the week. It's the one I'm the most intrigued to, to watch for a few reasons. I, yeah, really high on the Steelers, and um, I think you know I picked them as a playoff team, a spoiler there. Uh, I think they'll look uh you know be up for the challenge i don't think they're going to get run over here even with all the spotlight on the pats i did go with the patriots to win the game i think their defense will set a tone as one of the elite ones in the entire nfl i think they're only going to build off what they did in that super bowl and i'm I'm intrigued to see what um you know the steelers they their defense i still have questions on the back end i i I think in this game you know the, the patriots will be able to throw the ball we saw them get picked apart by the Chargers and some of these better teams um, uh, through the air. I think it could be a big day for Edelman in the slot. I think even Josh Gordon could have a, a catch or two down the down the uh, seam. So it'll be a fun game regardless. I I think Pittsburgh, though, does show that they're f- for real, that they're not going to go away, that they're not going to just let the Browns and the Ravens kind of take over that division. Um, one matchup I'm really going to be watching a lot and really excited to see is Stephon Gilmore on, on Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously, I'm very bullish on Juju. I think this is a tough matchup for him. It might be 
not his best fantasy week. Uh, but yeah, you see one of the best corners that's shutting down top receivers and a, a guy that's trying to ascend to one of the top five, six receivers in the entire NFL. It should be a lot of fun. Yep, should be another classic between these two. Always exciting games, uh, lots of entertainment value. With those, keep an eye on James White, too. I think James White's always someone that's kind of just undervalued, not just from a fantasy perspective, but just his role in that offense. I know they've got a lot of running backs there now in New England, but James White's still someone, especially in like a PPR. I mean, he is a, mm-hmm. a go-to guy. He gets a lot of touches. Uh, keep an eye on him in a, in a matchup like this as well all right the two monday night football games we'll wrap up here quickly with the texans at the saints the saints seven point favorites in that one um you know dylan we talked a lot about the texans kind of where they're at after that trade for tunsil uh, you you feel like they're in, in a better spot for deshaun watson deandre hopkins to do their thing pretty intriguing matchup here uh, most people are going to mm-hmm. lean towards the saints i picked the saints in this one but hey you could see a situation where the texans maybe go in and we talk about th- that week one never really knowing what to expect i could see a situation where the, the texans go in and put up enough points uh, to really take this thing to the wire or even have an opportunity to win the game yeah, i think houston will put up a lot of points i you know we saw the saints struggle out of the gate on defense last year and while i think this year they can be a lot better as a defense over the course of the season i think this uh, yeah this is a weekend where deshaun watson and uh, hopkins really put on a show i think they'll put up a lot of big numbers but I still have the Saints because I really do not believe in Houston's secondary and their defense overall. We, we talked in our preview episodes about all of the, the kind of the soft QB schedule they had last year where they faced a lot of guys that were not the top of the top, you know, the Drew Breeses of the world. So now they're going to have that offense. Their pass rush, I think, will be noticeably worse without Clowney. We already talked kind of in the, at the beginning about my concerns with uh, Houston on, the, on their front now. So, uh, yeah, I went with the Saints. I think it's, it could be a high-scoring affair, another one that maybe you go with the over – but I think at the end of the day, New Orleans uh, gets it done and starts 1-0. Yep, highest over-under of the week there uh, between these two. Should be a fun game there and probably the most exciting of the Monday night football games uh, because we do wrap up with the Broncos at the Raiders. I don't know what we're going to see uh, from this game. Uh, it is a pick At least the last time I checked it, you know, with the Antonio Brown stuff, let's be honest it's probably going to swing towards the broncos in this one uh, that would be my guess uh, just knowing how things you know kind of alter when you have a, a situation like that um so it's still even if antonio brown played it would not change my opinion i'm taking the broncos here i just I, I, the raiders to me and i don't know you know it's it's one of those maybe with some of these other teams i have to see the raiders be a lot better on the field i have to see them prove it in a regular season game there there's a lot more excitement surrounding the raiders with you know obviously Gruden's second season hard knocks uh, you've got some good pieces on that roster but putting it all together that's been the problem for the raiders and so the, the broncos feel like they're the safer pick and really the broncos could be one of those teams that, that are sort of flying under the radar uh, in that division because we were so high on the chiefs and the chargers with that defense you still feel like the broncos could at least factor into to things there this is one uh, where i was also struggling before we recorded the antonio brown stuff did maybe you know push me a bit <laughs> towards denver and so that's who i go with the pick but i think even i was probably going to go that way regardless i yeah, I'm really excited to see what Vic Fangio does with the defense. He already was dialing up some stuff in the preseason that looked great. I think their pass rush is going to be really strong. Yes, the Raiders uh, improved their protection on with you know the signing of Trent Brown, but it's still putting everything together. Like you said, I just don't have as much trust in that side. If if the if Oakland's going to win this game, it's going to be I think because their defense steps up and really makes a uh, takes a big step forward. We saw they have a ton of new additions, a lot of new talent, a lot of young talent and you know I you know over the course of the year maybe they'll kind of be an underrated group, but I think early here they'll struggle a bit against Denver. Uh, even though I'm not high on Flacco, I th- I think their running game can, you know, give them put them in good spots. I think really though their defense is going to impose their will and I think that's why I picked the Broncos here. Yep, uh, should be a good game, at least from that perspective. Uh, that's why, you know, it's it's a pick like we said, and it'll probably swing in the Broncos' favor. But it uh, should be a good game. May not live, may not be the exact what we see with the Texans and the Saints because of uh, what that could be from a high-scoring standpoint. But uh, Broncos-Raiders should be a good one. Uh, so there you have it. There are all of our picks for week one of the season. We'll keep up as we go along throughout the year uh, to kind of see where both of us stand. That way you can decide whether you should listen to us or shouldn't listen to us uh, based on our record here as... <laughs> 
as we go throughout the season. Um, so week one, always the most unpredictable week of the season without a doubt. Um, so would not be surprised if we have uh, some upsets here and uh, have some games that really maybe go in the opposite direction. Uh, but that will wrap up uh, this episode of the Establish the Past podcast. Uh, Dylan, uh, let everybody know where they can find all of our stuff. We've got a ton of NFL stuff going up now at clutchpoints.com. Uh, and, of course, for our next episode, uh, we'll dive into uh, our review for week one as well as uh, looking at some of our waiver wire pickups uh, in fantasy. You can subscribe to the Establish the Past podcast you know, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, pretty much any major podcast channel that you use. Uh, we appreciate all the listeners. And, yeah, in terms of our over, overall NFL content, we've really picked that up. There's a ton of previews pretty much for every single game, previews for each team for every single game, along with all of our regular news and kind of more unique editorial takes on different trends and different things happening. So you can find all that at clutchpoints.com slash NFL. Um, yeah, and fantasy, any fantasy football uh, stuff you're looking for, for all of that content if you just search fantasy football on the homepage, you'll get there so uh, even though we have all our previews done for fantasy we have plenty of week-to-week stardom sit-em articles blake's gonna be starting with his waiver wire pickup options uh next week so a lot of fun stuff and yeah just really excited for the ball to be kicked off tonight it's been a, a long off season and uh, especially as a rams fan so <laughs> ready for it to yep, start there, now <laughs> there you go also hey also planning on doing my my nfl power rankings each week which again I'm sorry to the Bengals. I'm sorry to the Dolphins. Um, Unless you win this week, you're probably going to be towards the bottom. Uh, But I still love you guys, and uh, I will make sure to give you a fair shake uh, in the weekly power rankings. But, yeah, so much great coverage going up at clutchpoints.com slash NFL. Go check all that out. Uh, Lots of talented writers, lots of great stuff to get you ready each week uh, for all the NFL action. Go check that out. Subscribe to the podcast. And uh, we'll be back next time with another great episode of the Establish the Past podcast.